Welcome to the Deacon's Den, your neighborhood cozy cafe for Catholic conversation dedicated to discussions distinctly diaconate. I'm Deacon Dave, your proprietor and host, and I have a corner booth reserved just for you. So come on in. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the Deacon's Den on a chilly January morning. For those of you who have experienced winters in the northern parts of our country, this probably won't seem so bad. What about you, Deacon Joe? I wore my shorts today. <laughs> so it's a true Buffalo Bills fan. Amen. Yeah, you're all heated up from the Bills win. Where's your and, I don't uh, see any pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but seriously, for Central Floridians, when the temps drop into the low 40s and even down into the 30s, it's a time to bring out the winter coats. We seem to be having our share of those types of days this winter, and on days like this, you know, I just want to sit in front of a nice fire with a hot beverage and a good book. As long as it's in the fireplace. <laughs> the, the book? book? <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who enjoy reading as much as me not in the fireplace, I'm happy to share that today's program will be right up your alley. There are a great diversity of ways that deacons get involved in ministry, and one of our brother deacons has recently taken to the airways to show not only his love of reading, but a way to do so that focuses on helping us grow in faith. Deacon Chris Meehan is joining us today to share with us about his new venture, which is broadcast on our local Catholic radio station, Divine Mercy Radio, AM 920, out of Melbourne. Deacon Chris, welcome to the Deacon's Den. Thanks. I hope it's safe to be here. Uh, it is. Uh, we have sanitized just for you. Good. Uh, Deacon Chris is a first-time guest at the Den. Would you take just a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners, where you're from, how long you've been a deacon, your current parish, and any other fascinating facts you'd like to share about yourself before we get started? Well, my parents found me in a cereal box. That's what I tell people, because I was born in Battle Creek, Michigan. Ah, But I grew up country. in Dayton, Ohio. And that's where I went to Catholic elementary school, Catholic high school, and a Catholic university, the University of Dayton. And that's where I got my bachelor's in engineering, which set me off around the country and to half a dozen other places that I've lived since then. The most interesting thing about all of that, though, is I felt like I really got a chance to get to know a lot of people. And that's, in fact, that last job is what brought me here to Florida. I've been a deacon here now for six years, coming up in June currently assigned to Ascension Catholic Community in Melbourne, Florida. I've been a parishioner there for almost 36 years. Wow. So my diaconate is nowhere near as long as my parishioner life. Uh, you asked for a trivia fact, something interesting. Well, I will say that the fact that I'm a licensed amateur radio operator, which I have a station call sign, AC9N, so I'm kind of used to being on the radio and so you could say it's in my blood, so to speak. So now I understand truly why you're such a ham. Okay. Yeah. So, and to that very impressive uh, curricula vitae, you've recently started this new ministry of hosting a radio station on our local Catholic radio. So to start us off, I know our overflow crowd in the den today, standing room only, by the way, would be interested to hear what prompted you to start this radio program. Well, Bob Grappi, who's the station manager, I've been friends with him for many years. In fact, well before the radio station in Melbourne was established. And he knows that I'm an avid reader. And one day as we were chatting, he talked about his desire to have more locally produced content on our station. So he floated the idea of a program about Catholic books and authors and suggested that I host the show. So after some discernment, prayer and thought, making sure I wasn't going to be 
cutting off anything else I'm supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. I decided I'd give it a try. So it's so, been uh, since last August. Since last August. Okay. I was I was trying to figure. I've, I've seen a couple of the episodes pop up, but so about six months now. Yes. Almost in, yeah, in just the, about. The game. Yeah. And is it only Catholic authors or do you kind of expand on the spiritual writings? Because there are some very good other writers. It is not just Catholic authors. Okay. That was my original thinking about the show, but it branched off into general Christian authors. Of course, C.S. Okay. Lewis being right. a fine example of a good Christian author. And there are many others from which we can draw great spiritual insights. So given the fact that C.S. Lewis is not available to be interviewed on your show, um, how do you decide who to invite as a guest on your show? Well, I pull names out of a hat. That's, that's the way we select deacons, too. But. I figured that. Wait, that's, that's why I'm here. No, as it turns out, I, I try to pick authors and topics that I feel are relevant to the current liturgical or calendar season. And I have tried to emphasize local authors, so not just, okay, somebody drawn out of random space. The choices so far are mostly based on recommendations that have been given to me by other people, either parishioners or friends of mine. And a recommendation is usually a really good indicator that a book or an author is worth speaking to and hearing from. They find that book useful to them. There's a good chance my listeners will find it useful to them. And some of the best authors I've had were from very enthusiastic recommendations. So you get a recommendation. I think it's a great place to start. Obviously, if someone's passionate about something, they recommend it. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something there. What sort of vetting do you do after you get that name in order to qualify this as a, as a good guest for your show? Well, I look at their, I'll say, their curriculum vitae of what have they written and what kind of reception has it received. Because I can also go look at book reviews. So thanks to the internet, it's really easy for me to look at the contents. A lot of times they're supposed to look inside, like Google does, or mm -hmm. some of the other publishing houses have a, a sample option. You can actually read the preface and the table of contents. You can read the acknowledgments. You can get a sense of what the author was trying to achieve by writing that particular book. And from that, I can get a direction of, okay, this is where they're going to go, and that eh, sounds kind of lame, or hey, that sounds like I can't wait to open the page. <laughs> I, I hope you haven't said it sounds kind of lame when, you know, anything published by the Pope or... Oh, uh, not yet. Not no. yet. Okay, <laughs> that would be the end of my deactivation. Yeah, I was going to say, it might be the end of this broadcast as well, too. No, I, I, I will agree that uh, Google Reads um, is really good. Google Books that way, where they give you a page or two or three that you can read. I find they always cut off just at that point where I want a little bit more, so they're, they're clever. I think they work on that. I, and they do <laughs> <laughs> great job of that. So you've been doing this about six months now. Who have been some of your guests so far? Curious also to know who's upcoming because I miss those other shows. But sure. let's talk about uh, who have you had so far and, and, and some of the people you plan to bring on or have scheduled to bring on. Well, sure. Let me real quick before I forget, though, if you have missed our previous shows, we do have podcasts available online. And I'll speak to that in a moment. Our first show, actually, the guest was yours truly. You interviewed yourself. I interviewed myself. Through, I did a marionette thing through uh, Bill Gent, who's actually our host of the Treasures of Faith series on our AM 920 WDMC. And so we figured that was the best way to get the show introduced rather than me just show up. So as host of his show, he brought me on and introduced me and allowed me to expand on what the show was going to be about, which was very effective because it allowed me to talk about what our goals were, and uh, some of the people we hope to have on the show. Probably your most difficult guest to date, I'm assuming. I was. Really recalcitrant, you know, just kind of ornery, <laughs> just non-cooperative sort of guy. But he got through it anyway. But our, our second program was in September, and I invited Father Ben Berenti, 
all of you know ben, yeah. Father Ben. Oh, I love Father Ben. Father, Father Ben is like, oh, you know, I could just put a halo over him anytime and just. Oh, now you've canonized him. Look out. <laughs> Father Ben, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're all taking a moment for you. Okay. Here. Uh, yeah. okay so Father Ben's authored three books, mm-hmm. and they're all good reading. I would describe them as spiritual, reflective kind of books, not something you pick up and read from front to back, but more the sort of book you would pick up. You pull out a chapter, you reflect on it, meditate, pray about it, and it really is a way of inspiring, um, I'll say almost a mystical kind of thinking. I accused him of being a poet, and he, he didn't like that, but he does have a poet's heart, I think, and he really writes in a way that is... Um, very spiritual and very pleasant. He can't help but be a poet. Uh, Father Ben and I share a lot of love for New Mexico, which is yes, uh, the yes, place for some that. of his books. And, and I will books. tell you that uh, New Mexico has that impact on your soul. Mm-hmm. It just—it's a poetic place. <laughs> they call it uh, what is it—the land, uh, the land of enchantment. And uh, a lot of enchantment collects on your car as you drive through. It's all—is that what the, they call it? They call it exactly. <laughs> Okay, so so Father Ben, yeah, a great, I imagine, a great guest. Who else? He was. And then our next program in October, I hosted author Gregory Jeffrey. He wrote a book called Why Enough is Never Enough, Mm -hmm. Overcoming Worries About Money, a Catholic Perspective. In that book, he discussed the problem we have in being able to let go of the feeling that we never have enough money. And so we feel compelled to constantly try to accumulate wealth. And he urges the reader to have courage and to trust more in God's providence. It was a very timely interview because about the time he came on, which was one of the reasons I selected him, we were well into the COVID by then, and many people had lost their jobs or their businesses already. And so it seemed like a good time to provide them some inspiration to to return to God and to trust in his providence for them. So I really enjoyed his visit. And then the show in November, we had an interview with Robert Ellsberg. You may know of Robert Mm -hmm. Ellsberg. Yeah. And he is currently the editor-in-chief and publisher at Orbis Books, which is the publishing arm of the Marinol Fathers and Brothers. And it's also the case that he's had a great interest in the saints for his entire life. Mm. So on the show, we discussed two of his books about saints, Blessed Among Us and The Saint's Guide to Happiness. The first book is a daily devotional kind of book where he highlights two saints on each day of the year or two nearly saints, or saint-like people. Some of the Mm -hmm. names he's had are very interesting people. The Saint's Guide to Happiness, I found, was a really good read, and it gave me a lot to ponder about my own life. And so both of those books in November made a great follow-up to All Saints Day, so I thought it was a good fit. Uh, In December, I interviewed the Reverend Martin L. Dunn III, CPA, who is pastor. I I know, you're laughing. (laughs) CPA. When I read that, I thought, really? (laughs) <laughs> but but he did. He you know he's a CPA. He went to a business school, got okay. a CPA, and then had a change in life where he became a pastor. He's an amazing man. But he did a great job of evaluating the tax implications of the three wise men's gifts for Christmas. I'm sure he did. Exactly. Although he didn't share that with me, he being a confidential that, that as he. Should oh, that's be. right. That's right. So so what did Father uh, Father Danu said? Yes, he's a pastor at a parish in Boca Raton, which is at the south mm-hmm. end of our listening area, okay. and he wrote uh, actually. During the COVID, from about March to the time I interviewed him, he wrote and published five books. Wow. Wow. That's prolific. I know. It was incredible. Um, They're mostly children's books, but he wrote one book that's a self-help relationship book called What Could a Priest Know About Marriage? And it was, I kind of skimmed it. It's actually very interesting. And surprisingly, like most books are kind of obscure when they're in the spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. but his books were picked up by Target and Walmart and others, and as for children's books. So... It was surprising the reach that he's had, and he felt that it was 
meant to happen because he said it just came to him in prayer one day that God just put on his heart to go write this out. And he said it just flowed like water. So wow. you know that God is moving behind mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. when that happens. So then last uh, week, in fact, this for January, I interviewed Dan Boyd from right here in Orlando. And he and Justin Reyes co-authored the book, Go Make Disciples. It brings a disciplined approach to establishing and operating successful ministries in our parishes. Really gave me a lot to think about in terms of what are we trying to provide to our parishioners? What are we trying to provide to get people to come and to stay? In fact, I'm dealing with uh, a couple in our parish now whose daughter has eighth grade level and she's rejecting mass. She refuses to come anymore, even though they've taken stuff away. They've done the go sit in the corner Mm. without your iPad thing and, Mm. you know, stuff like that. And, And, you know, how do we get those hearts that have fallen away to come back? And I think Dan's point was that you have to look at what is your ministry feeding them? Mm-hmm. Are, are you mm-hmm. giving them what they need or are you giving them what you want to give them? And, and I think that's a crucial thing to identify. So, so now I'm going to really put you in the crosshairs. Um, any favorite guests among those? Favorite guests? Ooh, yes. I will have to say Greg Jeffrey. Okay. And the reason for that was his book. Why That's pretty bold, by the way, because the other guys, are, if they're listening, they're going to come out and get you, Chris. they got to find me first. I'm, I'm going to move again. I'm on the Deacon Protection Program. <laughs> so, what's, uh, so what was it about Greg Jeffrey that really spoke to you? Well, it actually wasn't from anything he said on the air or his book so much as when we were off air and talking about his current life situation after the fact, He expressed how, as a professional fundraiser for 30 years, the COVID pandemic literally shut off the faucet and he had not worked for months. So that sense of, do I have enough, really crushed down on him like a pile of rocks. And he was forced to really look at his life and trust in God's providence. And one of the key items in his book had to do with courage, trust in God, trust in God's providence. And so here was a man who was really walking the talk, or in this case, walking the read. Mm-hmm. He had provided a living example of what it means to believe what you're writing about. That really struck me. So mm-hmm. you've really got my attention now. These are some great guests. Any upcoming guests, any spoiler alerts you can share with us about the program? In the yeah, future? actually. Uh, coming up in February, I have as a guest Elizabeth Scalia. And you may be familiar with her. She is a. Uh, I think I'm familiar with that last name. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a prolific writer and editor with books, a blog, and she writes a number of articles and edits articles for the Word on Fire apostolate. Mm-hmm. She's got some wonderful writing. I love her work. I really find it inspiring. I can only say rarely have I ever read something and thought, oh, that was good, but it didn't inspire me. Most everything she writes I find is very touching. So I asked her to come on and talk more specifically about her book called Little Sins Mean a Lot, Mm. Kicking Our Bad Habits Before They Kick Us. Mm. And several of our parishioners at Ascension have used that book in a face-sharing group. And I got to thinking about it. It's, It's right after Ash Wednesday. So we look at our life in Ash Wednesday as a time of reminding us to reform who we are. And often who we are is shaped by the little things we do every day. I had a project manager who used to say that the end result in our life is often more equated to not one big thing that harms us, but death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because each of those little habits accumulate mm-hmm. and over time they turn into real sins. And so her book addresses that fact. And so I'm really excited to see what she has to say. So is your show, is it a predictable time every month? Uh, I it know is. when I listened to it uh, last week, I think it was Friday at 1130? Yes, it's okay. the third Friday of every month at okay. 1130 a.m. Okay, third Friday Eastern of every time. month, 1130 Eastern time. All right. Make that point. So how would a listener get in touch with you if they wanted to recommend a book or a guest? Well, I would suggest they contact us at the station. And one way they can do that is through our email, which is info at wdmc920.org. Or they can call us at our phone on the station phone is 321-757-7717. And I recommend the telephone because we have a really great receptionist. Georgette is always on the ball, and she'll catch your stuff. But I don't know if anybody reads the email or not. All right. And I imagine they can probably find that contact information on your website as well, too. Indeed, they can. Um, There's a great deal of information available. Mm -hmm. Some of us are avid readers. Obviously, I am. I know Deacon Joe is as well, too. He's always got a book up his sleeve. Uh, (laughs) Really? That explains the book. Figuratively, if not literally. Uh, but and my short sleeve shirt, by the way. I know, That's I right. That. Yeah. I, to, I thought that was. <laughs> it's a very small book. It's a very your small lunch book. Under there. Um, actually, though, I, I know Deacon Joe. You listen. Uh, you listen to a lot of audio books. Right. Uh, Spend a lot of time in the road, so therefore, instead of mindless music, sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to listen to a, a solid book. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way, especially the size of this diocese too, where yes. you might have an hour, hour and a half, two hour drive. I know Deacon sure. Chris came in from the coast this morning, and that was probably a good hour, fifteen, hour thirty to get out here this yes, morning. Yes, it was. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully you listened to a good book as well. Or no, I, two. S- I slept and let the car bring. Me oh, in. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can do that now. Those, those autonomous vehicles. <laughs> well, it said it said you know cruise control. <laughs> Everyone, please stay off the road when Deacon Chris is driving. He's um, make he'll be out of here in about right? thirty minutes. Make sure you're clear. <laughs> and Florida Highway Patrol, please stand by. Um, but while some of us are avid readers, we do love books, others have never developed a habit. And if you were to recommend an engaging book to perhaps help a person get started, to fall in love with spiritual reading, uh, do you have any suggestions? And uh, and I know you just mentioned Elizabeth uh, Scalia's book as possibly a good Lenten read, but Indeed. any other specific Lenten read you might recommend? Well, I know that every every Lent, all of the apostolates that I'm familiar with put out some sort of Lenten devotional. Of course, Word on Fire, Bishop Barron has his Lenten devotional book. Uh, R.C. Spirituality, Father John Bartonek, he has his. Uh, So those are a good place to start to give you the daily little short reflections. And I recommend those to start because they're short. It's something someone who says, well, I'm too busy to read. They can pick up this little devotional book, whichever one they choose, And they can look at that, they spend a couple of minutes, then they maybe say a quick prayer, they think about it, and now they have a thought in their mind through the day that they can carry with them that can be an inspiration for reform or holiness in in their spiritual life. And in a bigger sense, um, I recommend Elizabeth Scalia's book as a good Lenten study for this year. I know I've had other books in the past. I'm hesitant to recommend specific books because Every reader, just like any listener or TV watcher or whatever, we all have different tastes, right? Mm -hmm. So something I recommend may not be appropriate for everyone. So I was going to recommend instead a process of selecting a book. If if we have time to actually do that, I would would suggest that a reader does something that is more ordered. And I I draw from a Mr. Oleg Kagan, who is a, a librarian with extensive experience 
in recommending books to people. Mm -hmm. And he's actually written an article for secular readers. And I took some of his salient points and extracted those and adapted them for spiritual reading. And I came up with this list of of points. If if we have time, yeah, I'd, I'd love to share yeah, that. If, you got, if I can may. do it, do the list in about a minute. That would be good. Okay, here we are, Federal Express Man. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the, what are some of the key factors that he recommends? Well, the key factor. Let me just give you those points. Read what you like. Don't let someone insist. Well, you have to read this, or you're you're not fill in the blank. Got a big bookshelf full of books like that, don't you? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. and and they give them to you, right? <laughs> oh, we think you should read this. Yeah, <laughs> and so you crack the cover and say, ah, "Okay, I'll get to it," and yep. it goes on the shelf. Yep. Mm -hmm. So don't feel obligated to read what somebody tells you, but also be open-minded enough to allow someone to help you to see what's available, so that you make a good choice. The second point is a, identify your reading goal. Why are you reading the, in the first place? Is it to entertain yourself? Is it to educate yourself, to be inspired, to increase your knowledge of the faith? So you need to know that so that you can choose a book that's in the right vein of reading. Otherwise, you'll open it, you'll spend 10 minutes, you're like, why am I doing this? And it'll go back on the shelf, right? A third point is narrow your choice. Once you know your goal, go out and, and spend time looking. Pick out stuff that maybe has usefulness. And I'd like to share this really quickly with you. Brandon Vaught at Word on Fire, he's a content director, He's put together on his website several lists of books, and this is on his personal website, Best Catholic Books of All Time, a second list he calls More of the Best Catholic Books, and yet a third list called Building a Catholic Ebook Library on the Cheap. And so you can go to his website, brandonvogt.com. Also, there's a, a list of books called The Catholic Lifetime Reading Plan that was compiled by Father John Hardin, but I think it's out of print the last time I looked for it. But I did find online a PDF version f compiled by Father John Corrigan that could be useful. So you can go look at this list and find these are books that these people recommend that you read to be better form yourself as a Catholic over your lifetime. It's a really mm -hmm. good place to start. That, that, those are great tips, great suggestions, and great direction for us. You know, uh, Deacon Joe, as I was sitting here, I realized... Um, most of our audience are deacons or deacon wannabes, right. to our knowledge. Any any side benefit to them from reading all these great books that we're hearing about today? It was interesting, a story I told when I first got ordained, and, and, and I actually got assigned or took the job as the deacon director, is uh, the godfather of local deacons, Deacon Al Castellano, walked uh, up to yeah. me. And he pulled me aside, at a, and I believe it was at a funeral, and he says, I need you to read these two books if you want to be successful. Hmm. And so he gave me two books. The first one was Leaders Eat Last. You know, he's a former Marine, so right. it's about the values and how you approach leadership. And then he says, the second book you have to read is Start With Why. Hmm. Why do you exist? What is your purpose? And he says, read those two as you're entering into this job and lead us well. That's that's perfect because books really do form us. I think uh, all, uh, it was Oscar Wilde who said, uh, "We are what we read." We mm. often hear, "We are what we eat," but uh, we are what we read. It really forms what we think, and what we think forms what we act. You know, I was thinking about what what you were saying before, and some of the new things that we're trying to bring to the other deacons, and the book that came to mind that we in instituted this time for the discerners is, "You are what you love," which talks about the liturgies of life and how that forms the habits, 
which we need to look at. And that speaks exactly to what I said earlier about mm-hmm. the death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, those yes. little things or little sins mean a lot. Those build, right? And yes. So why not feed yourself with positive food instead of negative food? Right. And, and for all those deacons who are looking for ways to try to uh, complete their annual continuing formation. Amen. Read some books, gentlemen. <laughs> this, is a, this is a beautiful way to grow uh, in your ministry and in your faith. So, uh, Deacon Chris, as we wrap here, I, I have a public confession to make this morning. I can't um, absolve you. Uh, that's okay. It's, uh, I, I need to ask your forgiveness because uh, I need to publicly admit that I hate you. Okay. Um, because <laughs> cool if my that. perspective reading list wasn't long enough already, <laughs> you've just made it even longer. But no, Deacon Chris, thank you for that. This is, I think, a real gift to our, our Catholic community that you're doing this well, show. Well, thank you for that. It's it's really turned out to be a great joy. Other than the, the nervous wreck I am right before and during the show when I'm trying to watch the clock and think at the same time, which I don't do very well. But that's your problem today. So this has been a lot of fun, you know. This is how it should be. So speaking of the clock, it's time for us to to wrap up today. So what's next on the menu? As we've heard today, the potential for ministry for our deacons is as diverse as the men who serve in this sacred order. We look forward to sharing more of their stories and experiences on our future episodes. Well, sadly, we've reached closing time of the deacon's den. But I'm glad you dropped by. Come back on in when you hunger for hearty discussions on the diaconate and Catholic conversation. Just remember, wear your mask, keep socially distanced when possible, and wash your hands. Until we meet again, I pray you walk closely with God on life's journey. And when you feel the urge to visit the Deacon's Den, remember, there's always a corner booth reserved just for you.